0: Welcome to A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. Thank you for joining us. We'd like to get to know you better. Would you visit a awordandseasonpodcast.org and fill out our survey? You'll also be entered for a chance to win a free gift. On a podcast.org, you're going to find many resources available to you. You can read Doug's blog, check out our recent episodes from our Transforming Leadership series, and learn more about Somebody Cares and how we are responding to recent natural disasters and global crisis. You're about to hear how one couple answered the call to Africa. Their simple obedience to say yes and then trust God with the plan has led to an amazing adventure called Love Botswana. Let's lean in and listen as we welcome our host Doug Stringer.
1: I am excited to have longtime friend Jana Lackey who is also the co-founder with her husband, Jerry Lackey, with Jerry and Jana Lackey Ministries that founded Love Botswana Outreaches. Janet, great to have you with us today.
2: Thank you, Doug. It's so good to be with you.
1: We've known each other 39 years, almost 40 years. Yes. So Go back a long
2: way. A <laughs> long
1: ways. In fact, at that time, you were involved in concert promotions and radio, and somehow we got connected.
2: Yeah, we did. Both found in Houston, reaching out to people and just cross paths.
1: That's right. You've been in ministry history, golly, um, 36 years in Botswana, and uh, I remember the first time that you and Jerry were talking about actually going to Africa after you got married, and we'd been a part of fellowshipping together in Stafford, Texas, and of course, doing other things throughout the city. And I thought, y'all look like Ken and Barbie. You, you're gonna <laughs> go to Africa because I you had this love for God and love for Africa. You had a graduate of Christ for the nations, and Jerry was a part of Lakewood Bible Institute under John Osteen. Mm. Both of you had just a passion to go and love the beautiful people of Africa. But when you went down there, you didn't just go for three months, it's <laughs> been 36 years.
2: That's right. Bill Dearman the missions director at the time at Lakewood, said go and spy out the land, spend a few months. So we did, we did a lot of things things while we were there, but the one thing that stood out to us more than anything, and it was clear that God had called us to a place in the middle of nowhere called Maun, Botswana. Jerry said, God, send me where nobody else is willing to go, where it's not popular or glamorous. And we ended up there, you know.
1: (laughs) Tell me the time, too, that I think it was at Lakewood Bible Institute, and Mm -hmm. T.L. Osborne was speaking. That's right. And Jerry just left there weeping, thinking about the call to missions.
2: Yes, he had an encounter with God, the the Lord of the harvest, you know, and God called him to go to Africa. You know, it's the thing where you, you say, God, don't call me to be a missionary. To go to Africa. You don't have to do that to be sold out to Jesus, but God did call him, and God called me at Christ for the Nations before Jerry and I even knew each other. We both had our separate experiences with God, a similar experience. You know, we just said, here am I, Lord, send me, and we have our ideas in ministry when we're starting out of what it's going to look like. You know, I thought I was going to go to the city and work with youth, and, you know, but then I married a man that said, God, send me where nobody else is willing to go, <laughs> it's where it's not popular glamorous, and we found ourselves in this little village in our first sort of sca- Scouting trip that we went to. We were in the situation and there was uh, children around and we were doing some different activities with the people, with the chief. And I looked over, and Jerry was crying. And I said, what, what is it? And he said, this is it. This is the place that God showed me so many years ago. We went and thought we'd just be there a couple years and move on. And, you know, like Reinhard Backe, Africa shall be saved. And we were going to go in and Uh, Frida Lindsay used to tell us it takes at least 10 years to be established to go on the mission field. And we're like, yeah, right. Not us. Wink, wink. You know, (laughs) we'll go in and we'll, you know, we'll, God will redeem the time, you know, and but it's true. It takes it takes probably that long to figure it out. We've learned more than we've ever given or done in Africa. We have learned more from the people, you know.
1: Well, the thing about you and Jerry, you were already successful. You're in your direction of your personal giftings. Mm-hmm. You're in marketing and radio, communications and promotions. And Jerry was involved in retail. Yeah. Both of you very successful. And That's yet right. God had brought you together. And then you got married, brought your callings together, and those mm-hmm. giftings have become synergistic together. Yeah. And to think that you're touching people all over the world from a calling to go to Maun Botswana.
2: <laughs> That's right. And we found that when we went there, it was a remote village and it was unknown really. But now there's, we didn't even have tar roads, you know, that got to the village and took days to get there. But now it's a hub. It's actually the safari hub of Africa. It's the prime safari destination. So we have a lot of activity in and out of there. The roads are good. The airport's the second busiest in the southern hemisphere. Uh, but but there's people there that need the wow. gospel, you know, and to, to be discipled
1: and trained. So what year was that when you all actually went? We went in 87, 87 <laughs> after we, yeah.
2: we got married, put our things in storage, and we went. And then we came back. Brother Dearman told us, well, you know, now that you're back and you think you know what you want to do, go as far away from it as you can. And if it's still there in three four months, you know, it's God. So we did, we did that. It was clear. It shined like a diamond, you know, Botswana is the diamond in the jewel in the crown of Africa Mm. In, in terms of it's the most peaceful nation in Africa, a stable democracy. It's a young country and in 66 gained independence. And that's when they found diamonds and riches in the ground. And we have had wonderful leadership. In the nation, Mm. from the first president. And we've been there for every president except for the first, you know, in our our mission lifetime.
1: Well, when people come and see the incredible work that uh, y'all have done now, here it is 2021, and to see what's happened all these years, there are some real humble beginnings (laughs) that you went there. In fact, your son Remick uh, was born in a house you had to kick baboons <laughs> out of and the windows were broken down yeah. and you had no running water i mean literally a mm. calling of god that kept you sustained even through what seemed like impossible situations
2: you know it is it's god and it's also just maybe you know god takes our stupidity <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because we didn't know any better, we did everything wrong. I ran into Patrick Johnson once, the world stat, you know, mission statistician, and told him our story. And he's like, "You guys should be a statistic. You never should have made it the way y'all did it." You know. <laughs> We just went. We had about $300 support and a couple of people that believed in us, you know. And Brother John Osteen said, Y'all go and, and see if it's, it's real and then we'll talk. And so they gave us our first offering to go. And then through the years, he also said, You know, don't ever put all your eggs in one basket. Don't ever expect, don't ever just be supported by one main church, one right. main thing. Because he said, I've seen too many people through the years have to leave the mission field because that church, something happens, you know. Right. And so we followed that advice. And to this day, you know, they've been a part of, of us as well and helped helped us with some of our, our legacy that we have there in the sure. past,
1: in those years. You both have been uh, very relational. So it's been easy for people to capture your heart. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing to capture your heart for Africa, yeah. but then also they've been able to see that you've been good stewards with what God has given and trusted to you. Yeah. One of the things that always reminded of, I, I always tell your husband this, Jerry, years ago when, you, uh, in fact, I was on your board, and I still am on your board yes. from the beginning, and but he would always just get teary-eyed And when he would talk about the beautiful people of Africa. Yes. And then he would say just the beautiful people of Botswana, the beautiful people of Africa. Mm. And you could tell it was in him. It wasn't something about doing a project. It was a calling in your all's hearts that have never waned through all the challenges. And I've watched you go through many challenges, impossible circumstances. And yet you have been able to literally overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony because you've always never forgotten the original call of God. That place Of God's calling upon your lives. That's right.
2: You know, you talk about humble beginnings. You know, it was the first big thing we ever put our faith out there for and got a picture of it. And was a nice tent because we borrowed a tent from the military and had no floor in it. And the rats would crawl across us at night in the winter because it it was cold and, you know, but you know, it was an adventure. Jerry says, Indiana Jones had nothing on us, you know, and (laughs) I mean, really, you know, we hooked up with Jesus and we've been on the ride of a lifetime. It's been tough. There were times when we've had a fire, we've lost everything. After 10 years, we lost everything. Then stage four cancer came and stage four cancer went. Hallelujah. And, you know, and Jerry's fully healed now over, over 12 years, you know, cancer-free. We are truly just stewards. You know, we've seen God give us a school. We, we had a school for 25 years, international school. Thousands of young people come through that and are trained and in leadership and in government. Now they're in their 40s, you know, 30s yeah. and 40s, some of them. Well, With I want to stop on things. that
1: point because even through your school that, and also uh, Jerry's mom, Pat Lackey came down there yes, and yes. Uh, your family's been down there and I've been visiting there a few uh-huh. times over the years from nothing and literally sucking dust and during the droughts and (laughs) so on and hippopotamuses eating people or (laughs) or because of the drought killing people and crocodiles but Mm -hmm. yet through all that look at what God has done Mm -hmm. and I think about even some of the people have gone into government people have gone into education people have gone on to represent Botswana in pageants and other things that all came up through your ministry just to think of that Mm -hmm. kind of legacy is not about just the brick and mortar although God's blessed you with a lot of facilities now That's right. that came out of nothing yeah but at the same time, literally training up people have gone all over the world.
2: It's incredible. And they're still coming. You know, some will go and, and do things and work. And some now are coming back. And they're the sons and daughters to carry right. on. You know, I, I look at it this way now. I see Love Botswana as a big house, you know. And we've got several campuses and, and things and buildings and all that. And But I, I see it as a big house. And I'm just telling our children now, and, I, and, and not just our biological children, but I, I mean, our spiritual children. You know, I'm saying, hey, come back home come back to the house, take a room, whatever's in your heart to do, it will help you do it. You know, just roll it out. We've got over 22 programs that we're already currently doing, you know, with other people running them and leading them. We have an orphanage for abandoned babies. Mm.
1: Now we've got uh, to tell the story about that because a lot of people, there is a, a term in missions fields all over the world. That is the difference between integrity versus survival.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yet
1: to create a, an idea of true integrity, in the characteristics of the kingdom to start with the young right. and work through the the whole levels of society. That's right. So uh, starting with the young and education, mm-hmm. but there was something significant that happened when you ended up adopting Mapula. Yes. Tell us that story because that literally okay. had it was the impetus of actually changing laws for today that people can actually go to certain places if they can't take care of their children.
2: Yes, it's it's still a journey. We're still on that journey in the legal system. There was no place in the country for babies if babies were abandoned, dumb, vulnerable. You know, there were, there was. There was a couple of orphanages, SOS villages, but those were for a little bit older children. And so children were living in the hospitals. And so we were in the process of trying to get a license. And um, one particular day we got a call that, this isn't Mapula's part, but we got a call saying, you know, come, there's a, been a baby abandoned. We need help at the hospital. You know, we mm-hmm. just would bring in extra caregivers to help the nurses. And uh, I got there and they said, the baby's died. My head dropped. I turned around and started to leave. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Jana, I count the stars. I call each one by name. And this mm-hmm. baby has a name and he instructed us to help bury this baby and give this baby a funeral mm. and bring awareness to baby dumping and illegal abortion in the country it mm-hmm. is illegal but it's happening a lot and so we did that we called the baby naledi after star star mm. means naledi during this process you know it took some years you know the devil hates children you know if, if you can't get them in abortion he you know, tries to you know snuff them out in their earliest life as possible mm-hmm. and so we realized we, we have a serious battle so we were fighting that battle And then one day I went to the hospital to visit one of our pastor's wives who had a baby and I walked in, and there was a baby there in the nurse's station. And I said, oh, is this Pastor So-and-so's baby? And they said, no, this is this is my pula, the baby that was found by the river. Don't you want to take her home? And now the nurses knew me. They were teasing a little bit, you know. But uh, but at the same time, they go, seriously, she needs to be in the care of a family, not here at the hospital. She'd been there three months. And so we took her. I said, well, can I take her out and show my family outside? And they happened to all be out there, my three sons. And, you know, the youngest was nine, the oldest was 14. And I took her out. Out there. I said, guys, this is the baby that was found by the river. It's a small village. We'd heard mm-hmm. the story. And they, my oldest took her out of my arms and with tears in his eyes, he said, mom, we can't leave her here. We've got to take her home. Oh, wow. And we just sat there in a circle as a family with my husband there. We all just looked at each other. We're like, yeah, you know, we do. We didn't have our facility yet. It wasn't God's timing, I guess, or plan or something. But what had happened was, three months prior, she had been born on the riverbed next to the river uh, in a grove of bushes and just abandoned. And while she was there, there was a dog doing its morning rounds, running around and and heard this baby crying and took it upon himself. Now, we call it the angel dog. (laughs) That's right. But we actually met the dog. It's for real. So this dog stood over her and was protecting her from the elements from you know i mean the river there there was crocodiles and hippos and there's yeah. other animal dogs around and stuff and so he was barking and howling and and just making a noise and watching over her until a policeman happened to hear him Some it's, it's a ways away there's a certain bark you know yes. it, it could be a snake bark it could be you know right. a danger anger whatever you could tell from dogs in africa anyway the policeman knew something was wrong and he came over and he found this little beautiful baby wow. girl and wrapped her up and took her. Now, Pula means rain in Botswana, or literally blessing because mm-hmm. rain is a blessing. It's also what we call our currency. Right. And his name was Rapula. R A is R R it's A. It's a male term, a male Mister. So Rapula and Mapula being female gender. So anyway, he picked her up and took her to the hospital, and the nurses said, we're going to call her Mapula after Aww. Rob Pula found her. And we were, I'm telling you, we were honored and blessed to be able to take her home. But not only did we take her home, there was another child living in the hospital that we had been ministering to for some years. We work with the deaf now. We have a very strong deaf ministry in Botswana. There was a little deaf girl that was three years old. When she was two years old, she got left at the hospital, her, her mother had passed away a sibling and mm. it was a child led home and anyway she ended up living in that little hospital for almost ten years. And so the social worker said, Won't you please consider taking this other child that we have? And I said, You mean so Michael Lang and, and uh, her name, by the way, means don't be surprised. Mm-hmm. I said, pull her file. And you know, he pulls a file and there's it's six inches high with all of my letters through the years trying to get her out of there and, and, and to take care of her. But it just never never happened, you know. But anyway, I got two girls. Wow. <laughs> I got two girls. And so Ling is now 25 years old. She works at Lorato House. We have 28 beautiful babies wow.
1: and children. So tell everybody what Lorato House is. Oh,
2: oh, so that's our orphanage. Yeah. And uh, we did finally get our license through much much effort and and prayer and agony lorato means love and so it's a house of love we have 28 children at the moment we have also so zero to five is our intake age and then we try to get them in and out as soon as possible but because of the laws as they are it takes time you know and we don't adopt out of the country we have children only adopted within the country mm-hmm. and there are plenty of families in Botswana who want but this so we're working even with the social work systems you know to try right. to inst- to strengthen them and support them so that they can help facilitate these movements faster. We also have children living with disabilities from zero to 10. So we have children with multiple severe disabilities, a few, you know, we are praying while I have this opportunity for the Lord of the harvest to send laborers to us, you know, to, Mm -hmm. to come and serve in whatever way. And people say, well, I'm not, I'm not a missionary. I'm not a preacher. Are you, do you do physical therapy? Can you type? Can you do finance? Mm -hmm. You know, can you take care of children? Can you hold babies, love babies, nurses, You, you know, Hey, we got, we got so many programs and, And community outreach is working with children and youth and the elderly and uh, alcoholism and drug rehab and all kinds of stuff. We just pray every day. I say, Lord of the harvest, speak to people. But right now, you know, with COVID and everything, so many of the workforce has left.
1: So many of your stories so inspire me in a godly way, very proud of you all to see what (laughs) God has done and provokes me. But when I think about even where you lived your first house, had to kick baboons out, to now you have this incredible facilities. And you, you also own a lodge. Mm-hmm. And you also own safari, not to go shoot the animals, but yes. to go, what do you g- call it? Game lodge, game game viewing for photographic right. safaris. Yeah. In fact, uh, there was a, a famous TV show uh, that came and used you all the yes, time. Yes, the
2: American, the, the Amazing Race. Amazing Race, the Amazing yes. Race came through there. Well, the lodge, to give the glory to God. Uh, we have a, a dear family, that uh, a foundation that wanted to give a gift that keeps on giving. Right, And so they stayed at this lodge. And found out it was for sale and they bought it and gifted it to us so wow. that we could be stewards of it. Wow. And the profits of it do go into the mission and wow. the programs. We even have something coming in the near future with the lodges. It's, uh, it's a four-star safari lodge with with a game reserve right in right outside of Maun, wow. Botswana. And um, we're going to be doing giraffe special, it's like giraffe interactions. You can actually interact with the giraffes. It's going to be just awesome.
1: Well, when you were telling me that before we got on this podcast recording and telling Lisa I about this. I was going, oh my gosh, well you could actually have at different levels. It's uh-huh. like a restaurant. Yes, and, yes. And the giraffe
2: time comes and-
1: right up and open windows and right in front of you then Yes, you can sit there and see the, yes. the giraffes. And-
2: you know, I never thought as a missionary I'd be doing anything with giraffes, you know, but but a year ago, December, there was a giraffe, a mother on the property that abandoned her baby giraffe. Uh-huh. And so our workers, you know, the, the guys uh, the guides and stuff, they were just going to let nature take its course and let it die. And I'm like, under no circumstances, is the- and we're going anybody gonna die under my watch anything you know and so we took took care of this little giraffe I'm nursing it with a big fat bottle you know it was just the most incredible experience you know you never know what you're going to experience when you're in the mission field
1: (laughs) that's right with all these incredible Mm -hmm. facilities you have now starting from humble beginnings your passion has never changed you've stayed in your lane and yet as a result of loving the beautiful people of Africa God has continued to give you favor way beyond yes. my uh, Africa and at the same time has given you influence with leadership from education to governmental leaders to yeah. others and as just like you said with the Luato house mm-hmm. that you have opened up along with your school, along with education, along with helping from people getting up of substance abuse. Mm-hmm. You've, you've touched every gamut, but it all comes back to one simple thing. Yes. Loving God, loving people. That's right. And being committed to the call that God gave you.
2: Yes, and we are committed. You know, it's a life call. First, it was a couple of years in a seven-year plan. It's a life plan now.
1: It's a life plan. And it's wonderful. Well, I remember a couple <laughs> others. With so many stories I remember, but... Uh, <laughs> One of those other stories is when you had a broken down truck and uh, I remember Jerry was going up to the river. He couldn't cross over <laughs> because the truck broke down. He said there god, I need a Moses yeah. to part through this red sea. Cuz
2: there's crocodiles that it was in that river. Exactly. He couldn't get across. So what happened? Moses drove up in an old truck. That's right. <laughs> and and named his name Moses. Moses. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "Can I, can I help you?" And he goes, "Man, I need to." So he got he, the old language had broken down. We called it Old Faithful by faith cuz had about like 600,000 on it. And so Moses gave a ride across the river.
1: Wow. Well, there, yeah, I know I could go on and on here for hours with you, but for the sake of uh, just uh, those that are listening, I want you to share a couple of key points here. One is obviously calling comes from God. Mm-hmm. And then we have to take that step to walk in ways maybe we didn't expect, but God opens up avenues mm-hmm. that we don't even foresee initially, That's right. but God unfolds this thing as we walk in faith. Call you all Maruti, then call you mama and, and papa. And, uh-huh. and uh, I remember going back the day after Jerry finished his last chemo, mm-hmm. I flew back with him to Botswana from Houston because yeah. he was doing his chemo here in Houston. Because he did not want to miss yeah. uh, being at camp meeting that you mm-hmm. guys have every year for all of your pastors and mm-hmm. all the community. And even here at the doctors, at the, the, <laughs> the oncologist saying, no, you can't. You have to start uh, radiation. <laughs> yeah. He goes, well, how much time do I have between the last chemo and radiation starting? And he asked them and got permission to go back to Botswana for camp meeting. So I thought, I'm not going to let you travel by yourself. So I remember uh, (laughs) taking that flight with him and uh, and landed. When we landed, people were so happy to see Jerry. And it was like the the people of that region, when they saw his land at the airport, mm. they were all waiting for him. Yes, uh, yes. Maruti, you know, yeah. Papajiri. <laughs> it was like, I just loved the way he was, they, they were so endeared to him yeah, yeah. and that the, he really was a part of, of the life there yes, and yes. that he really was a part of Africa. And, That's right. And that reminds me of David Livingston, you know, and so <laughs> many others that in fact, David Livingston uh, was quoted as saying that, Why is it when an earthly king commissions us, mm. we consider it an honor? But when the wow. heavenly king commissions us, we call it a sacrifice. Wow. Yes, we make certain sacrifices, but ultimately it's not a sacrifice That's right. to walk in the calling of God to That's love right. people. But when we landed there, he was so lit up. I could see mm. he was so happy to be home yeah, yeah. and to be a part of camp meeting He was there. so
2: weak, you know, and didn't have any hair. They just... But yes, if he couldn't have done that, in fact, the doctor and I winked at each other when, when he said, I'll only do this, it's because the doctor said, you're going to give me six months of your life. I'll only do this if I can go home in between. And we kind of winked and nodded. Yeah, right, right. And then, yeah, he got off the airplane from that trip and went into his first radiation trip. When he
1: came back. Straight yes. back, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and who would have known that even for me at that time, that I was sewing to my future, and yes. walking, watching Jerry go yes. through that, and then... A few years later, in mm-hmm. 2015, when I was diagnosed yes. with B-cell, 80% aggressive B-cell lymphoma mm-hmm. cancer, and, and Jerry was able to help talk me through some of the process at yeah. MD Anderson. Yeah, and yeah. We had the nickname All Day Anderson. You go all, in the morning, and you're, you're there Anderson. all day and, and night. So
2: <laughs> That's right. Well, you talk about the call, you know, and... You know, from the time, that's the important thing about the call. God calls many, many people, but who's going to actually say yes and do it? You know, and, and he'll let you not do it. Man, Mm. if you, if you, if you can do anything else, absolutely do something else. You know, that's what mom and Papa Ward, or my spiritual parents used to say too. You know, if you you can do anything about the ministry, by all means do it. But we couldn't, the, the call God compels us and every single day that we wake up, we just show up for work every day. You know, we just say yes to Jesus. I think this, Jerry heard that in Bible school. I think Lisa, Lisa Osteen was preaching it one time when she was younger, you know, just, just think the key is just showing up. And that's what we've done. We've continued to say yes. And during those difficult times when we could have just walked away, That's when the call of God Mm -hmm. has been the root. If you can go back to that call, if you're out there and you're single and and you're not, you know, you're called to the mission field, you better be sure your mate is also called. Because I prayed, you know, I wanted three things in a man when, when I was single. Number one, he had to love Jesus as much as I did. Number two, he had to be called to Africa. Mm. I mean, that really narrowed the playing field for mm-hmm. me. Hey, God had to, had to have people break up with me because I was convinced they were going to be called, you know. But right. no. But, and then the third thing was, I didn't mind if he's good looking, God. And God did all three. Isn't That's that awesome?
1: Right. That's right, <laughs> Jana. You know, there's so much we could talk about. What I'd like people to know: How have you been able to hold on to the landmarks of God's faithfulness? even going through unexpected detours. We all go through them. We start with visions of grandeur, but we all hit moments where things happen that we did not expect, just like cancer or like other things when the, the burning down of your home and mm-hmm. ministry base, that was actually probably done by vandalism mm-hmm. what else, in the first yeah. 10 years. And I remember that call yeah. with you on the phone and, and of course, Brother Osteen encouraging you. Yeah. How do we hold on to the landmark of God's promises when we go through these difficult times?
2: It's all about trust, I believe.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it's that simple trust and faith that He is our Father. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's the other side of God. Everybody says without a mother, you know, I mean, who could make it without mothers? You wouldn't be here. You know, that nurturing that mothers give. You know, I've, I've come to learn a little bit about God's mother's heart. Mm-hmm. You know, those that nurturing uh, side and and if we just we tap into that and we experience that kind of uh, encouragement when you know people are on on their deathbed they want their mothers God God is our everything yes you know it's that trust knowing that He's got my back mm-hmm. He's got my future and as a missionary I believe have a grace a grace on their lives that. Just say, you know, it's it's the ability to look straight ahead yes. and not look back and pine for what was, what could have been, but to know that this moment that I'm in right now, God has seen me to this place, you yes. know, and, and he's going to see me And many times he brought through. us
1: through things before, he can still bring us through now.
2: Absolutely. There's nothing he can't do. And he's, he's, I just have to just hold his hand and walk with him.
1: Amen. And that's
2: the key, I think.
1: Amen. Both you and Jerry have personal testimonies of how you came to know the Lord, but I don't want to get into that right now because that's a given. You guys have been at this a long time, you've persevered in courageous leadership. You continue to love God and love people. That's evident. But there was something about the early 80s through like the mid 80s. There was a groups of us like Jerry, yourself, me, Dr. Stuart Quartermont, the Joneses. There's so many people I knew that there was something about that few years that the Lord just showed up Mm -hmm. in Houston. Mm -hmm. And you had mentioned Papa Ward. I'm still this day, every time I've ever felt like quitting, people remind me of a time I was speaking at a full gospel business. a love you, Houston businessmen's gathering. Yeah, I was the guest speaker in the early 80s. And then after I finished, Papa Ward raises his hand, and he says, "I've got something to say." And I thought, "Oh no, he's going to rebuke me." And Papa Ward, you know, he's done tent revivals yeah. and camp meetings, and he walked up there, and I thought for sure he's going to rebuke this young minister, you know, Doug yeah. here. And he gets up and goes, "Young man, you're never going to amount to anything." I thought, "What?" <laughs> he goes, "If you ever try to leave the calling that oh. I see is evident on your life." Oh, and so to this day, there are people at that meeting says, Doug. Whenever you get discouraged, remember what Papa Ward said. Wow. And I remember that was a, a really a turning point for me in, in some ways because it was men like that yeah. and women like that that had pioneered, had persevered, that were identifying things in people like us
0: yeah.
1: and calling us into our destiny. To this day, in fact, I was just writing something recently about the importance of needing young Samuels who hear the voice of God. Yeah. And then older Samuels who know how to find the next generation and those who don't even see it, but calling out their destiny. Yes,
2: yes, yes.
1: And so in that period of time, what do you think it was about that period where just God just seemed to show up throughout our city to a bunch of young people and we to this day are still walking at our call? In fact, it was during our Bible studies I had in my apartment in Stafford Mm -hmm. and you guys came a few times and you played the piano at your house and (laughs) we... And I remember, in fact, this was before you and Jerry got married. Yes, yes. But it was one of those Bible studies at my apartment on the Thursday night (laughs) that Dr. Stuart Cordemont was finishing his residency at Memorial Southwest Hospital. Mm -hmm. And he pulls me out of the Bible study, just broken in tears. He said, Doug, I go, what's the matter, Dr. Cordemont? He goes, I feel like God just told me I'm supposed to go. To Nigeria when I finish my residency and be a missionary and start Bible schools and medical clinics. I said, Well, that's great. He goes, It is great, but. Please pray God will bring me a wife that will be willing to go. Oh, and, of course, God brought him velvet, you know, before he finished his residency. And oh, to this day, of course, he's got his practice up in College Station, but also continues to go back and forth, not just to Nigeria, yeah. but to other parts of the world. Wow. So what was amazing. it about that period of time that it just when God said it, we just said, OK, and we went with it?
2: Yeah, I think it, it was a it was a reckless mm-hmm. abandon, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, we, we didn't overthink it. We just said yes. And I think it's a key thing what you said about those older people speaking into our lives. Mm. And, you know, the crazy thing, Doug, is now we're the older people. I know. (laughs) I mean, it's just, I turned 60 on Monday, you know. Oh, my goodness. And and it's, it's wonderful. And I'm thinking, you know what? I'm that older woman. Mama Ward, did you know Rachel Birchfield just told me she was 62 when they had the first prayer room meeting at their house, when they started just pouring into a weekly prayer group. That's two years older than me, and I thought she was really old then, you know? And just that...
1: That's probably what people think about us now, right? It is. I hope so. Because I'll be 65 soon. Yeah. (laughs) I mean,
2: old that old part, no. But as far as that respect, and it's like to me back then, it was like these icons in the kingdom. You know, they they talk to me. They speak to me. Right. They, they believe in me. And that did something. And that's important that we don't think we're that, I mean, I don't guess they thought they were that great right, either. But, I, but honestly, just that I'm looking at legacy, the word legacy behind you on your shelf here, you know, legacy, it's leaving that legacy. And it's us trusting these people think I can do it. Maybe I can. And it's just... Again, just showing up every day and falling flat on your face and those same people in their lives, those teachers. I we I just lost a high school teacher, Bill Rigsby, just went mm-hmm. to heaven. I had the privilege of just three, four months ago, uh, his daughter asked me to do a little voice note thing for his party. Mm. And I got to do this thing for his 75th birthday. And I thought to myself, how beautiful that he's going to get to hear this, you know, mm. and it's not at a, at a memorial service somewhere. Mm. And he, now he's in heaven three months later. But, but you know, I was just honoring the fact that when I was a high school kid, you know, I, I'd gotten saved at the age of 14, doing drugs, got kicked out of school, got put in a Christian school, got kicked out of the Christian school. And this teacher was one of the, the some of the teachers there that really believed in me. Mm. And he saw me through that last few days of high school trying to finish that last bit of English, you know. And uh, just those kind of people. Mm. I'm 60 now, and I just the other day honored him, Mm. you know, for being a big part of my success. You
1: know, that's a whole nother thing we could do another whole podcast on. Yeah. There's something about this generation... Or our generation that understood respect and honor, even yes. if we didn't understand or disagree, we honored the former generation or the yes. older generation. That's right. And I think we sowed to our future. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for yeah. everyone if you respect and honor foundations. Mm-hmm then it will help you in the next phases of your own walk in life, That's right? That's right, yes. And so yes. Uh, I know I've talked to, bragged about you and Jerry, and of course, I'm still honored mm-hmm. to be on your board and with Love Botswana and Jerry and Jenny Lucky Ministries. But I've written about you, talked about you. And in fact, my uh, new book called Mending the Net, Bringing Hope in a Hurting World, I added an addendum chapter to an, another book, oh. and you're on page <laughs> 190. <laughs> uh, I've had the pleasure of being on Love Botswana Arch's board of directors for decades and still am. And I write a bit of wow. there about you guys, and of course, wow. other pieces in the book. But how can people pray for y'all and contact you? What's your website? They can find out more about Love Botswana outreaches. And then I want you to pray for those who are maybe going through this needing to hear from God for the next step of their life.
2: Okay. Thank you for that. We have a
1: website, lovebotswana.org
2: or can Google Jerry Janilaki Ministries take you to Love Botswana. We're always praying again for Lord to send missionaries and partners to the mission and, and help us do more to reach more.
1: Before you pray, I do want you to tell a story mm-hmm. because I think it's appropriate to people listening right now who may be going through saying, God, where are you in all this? And mm-hmm. that I'm going through. But when Love Botswana facilities was burned down, mm-hmm. uh, you lost everything yeah. I mean, you lost money, mm-hmm. guitars, I mean, yeah. your equipment, everything it was like, What are we going to do now? And Brother John Osteen, the late Brother John Osteen, he was alive then, yes, uh, called you.
2: Yes, he, he did. We, we, 10 years of ministry, everything up in flames. And we had a three-month-old newborn baby and two other boys, you know. And uh, all we had was a, my laptop and a briefcase and a bag of diapers. That was about it. And we're in the house of God bless the Baptist. The Baptist mission gave us a room, and we're all packed in the room. And the phone rings, and it's, it's Brother Osteen. He said, Jerry, I... I just wanted to give you a call. Later, we find out he was calling from the hospital, a mm. hospital bed. You know, no one ever, we never knew that. Wow. And that one, we're not the only ones he ever called from a hospital bed. But anyway, he said, Jerry, um, I heard about your fire. He said, we're, we're going to get you home. Do you want a one-way or a round-trip ticket? You know, and and he said, uh, Jerry said, oh, round-trip, we're coming home. We're coming back, you know. And and, uh, I mean, you know, we thought it had been 10 years. We could wave our missionary flag and say, okay, we've been missionaries. We've done it. But, I mean, it was just—we we just knew something rose up inside, so we're not going to stop. We're going to continue. Mm-hmm. So then uh, he said, look, I, I know it's probably not a good time for a story, but let me just tell you a quick story. He said there was a man— Trapped on a desert island, you know, stranded from a boat wreck, and and he he was there for a while and and scraped up enough sticks to build a little shelter and and put this shelter up, and then just about the time he got it finished, a storm came and lightning struck it, and and uh, it goes up in flames, and the man's just shaking his fist, thinking, what else could happen here? What else could go wrong? And he said, you know, God, why? And then out in the distance, he saw this boat, this ship coming. And there was a captain of the ship was waving his hands, ahoy there, ahoy there, we've come to rescue you. And he gets up to the shore and he says, but how did you find me? He said, oh, well, we saw the smoke from your fire. (laughs) And that's how we came. And he said, Jerry, God's seen the smoke from your fire you know come on back let's get you filled up and fixed up and and so we did we came back and that was fire was the best thing that ever happened to us you know and so it's like uh, in in terms of god saying okay now can i tell you what I have in mind. Mm -hmm. Your dream was too small. Mm -hmm. You know, we had our building plans and everything, but there was a little peon building plans compared to what God ended up Mm -hmm. putting in our hearts Mm -hmm. after the fact because of people like him who Mm -hmm. believed in us, who encouraged us, you know? Mm -hmm. And and I just, you know, just from my heart and sort of as a prayer, just want to say that Don't give up, you know, whatever you're going through, you know, just press into Daddy God, Father God, knowing that he's got you, Mm -hmm. you know, and he will turn everything the devil tried to try to destroy your life with and will multiply and catapult you Mm -hmm. into your destiny. If you just as long as you're willing you say, God. Mm I'm, I love you in spite on the way to the fire that day in the car I was holding the baby in the back seat you know and Jerry just said honey just prepare yourself you know it's it's gone I mean it's because he could just see the black smoke in the sky from our house mm-hmm. uh, and it's 10 miles away we got there and sure enough everything was gone but I, I all I could do on the way was just worship God the words came out of my mouth I thank you God for who you are you don't change God this is just stuff you don't change it mm-hmm. and we get there and we're walking around around the house, we're holding hands, it's all smoldering at this point, and we look into the bedroom of where we slept the night before, and looking into that broken glass window through through there, and you know, and Jerry's thinking, oh, my poor wife, you know, gosh, I don't know how this is going to work, you know. and But something just rose up inside of me, and I I just said, I squeezed his hand. I said, devil, we were not going to stop. We're going to come back here. We're going to do more than you ever, ever thought we could do, <laughs> you know. And, and so.
0: And you he, did. Yeah, we happen. did. And
2: he was relieved, you know, yeah. of course, that, that's how it worked out. Jerry. <laughs> so, you know, being the provider, yes. the, you know, kind of watching out after his wife and all that. But, yeah. you know, took the devil, he's, he, he's God gets the last laugh.
0: That's right.
1: You know, he does. Well, Jana, you know, 40 years ago, it was actually towards the end of 81, I had this divine encounter with the Lord, mm-hmm. who then changed the trajectory of my life, and then shortly thereafter started the ministry, and we got to know each other shortly thereafter, so, you've been a huge part of my life and journey, watched our ministries. As we celebrate 40 years now mm. in calling with uh, Somebody Cares and Turning Point International, I'm just so thankful that you and Jerry have been a, such a vital part of. I've always said the kingdom of God's built on relationships, yes. that the degree of relationships that have given definition to who we are. So, a mm. part of who I am is because of all the relationships. And so we go back a long ways. Yes, yes. So I'd like you to just to pray for those that are listening right now. Pray for those that may be going through, they feel like, now what God? Mm-hmm. But yet God's using the circumstance that the enemy meant for harm mm-hmm. and is actually turning it for good for God to do something even greater than before. Yes,
2: all right. Well, Father, we just thank you for this precious time, Lord, with our dear friends. And we just ask you for everyone that's within the sound of our voices, mm. Lord, that you would just be with them In that moment, in this moment, Father, in the room where they're at, Lord, that whatever they're going through concerning their destiny and concerning direction and concerning troubles and trials and difficulties, Lord, I pray that the still small voice, not the voice and not the big loud thunder and lightning and the noise around us, but that still small voice, Father, would just come forth and speak into each heart. Father, that we would listen. You would attune our ears to listen. And I pray, Father, the Lord of the harvest, that if there's anyone, God, that would it would be able to just cross that line and say, yes, Lord, here am I, send me. Whether it's across the street or whether it's across the world, Father, I pray that their answer would be yes to you, Jesus, mm-hmm. and that you would just start to open doors, faster than than they could have imagined and that you would just make it so clear, whatever your will is, whatever ministry, uh, even in the place of work, Father, the workplaces, that, that you would just cause us to help people, to love people, love people, change lives, and shape futures through Mm. everything that we do, through every step we take throughout our lives, Father. Mm. We thank you. We ask you to bless Doug Stringer, Turning Point Ministries, and Lisa, Father, and Somebody Cares America. Father, we ask your blessing on it, and we thank you that they're gonna reach more and touch more
0: in the next 40 years. Mm. In
2: Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
0: Head over now to a word and season podcast.org and let us know how we're doing by taking a quick survey. If you need prayer today, reach out to prayer at somebodycares.org or you can call or text our 24-hour Somebody Cares America prayer line, 855-459-CARE.
1: We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.